Welcome to The Quarantine Plays from the Merry Beggars at Relevant Radio. My name is Peter Atkinson, and I am proud to present Episode 5 of The Quarantine Plays, We Know Now by Georgia Bell. When the coronavirus hit the United States and we entered into lockdown, the Merry Beggars launched a contest seeking radio scripts from writers around the world in response to the theme of quarantine. The result of that contest is The Quarantine Plays. Please enjoy Episode 5, We Know Now by Georgia Bell. For the full experience of this radio play, listen with headphones. As I find my age beginning to compete with the age of the mountains, I have decided to take pen to paper and write of a time many, many years ago when I, and most of America, experienced the end of the world. In that short moment, we were without doubt of the apocalypse. It was October 1938. I was a young lady just coming of age. That particular day, I was going to the market with my mother to fetch flour. I was complaining to her about my four younger brothers who incessantly teased me about my beau, Billy, with whom I've been married now for nearly 70 years. It's all great fun for them, but I'm actually having a hard time thinking. James held the door for me today, saying, Welcome to our house. I'll be Billy for you today. Which didn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Ryan caught me brushing my hair and said, Imagine if you didn't brush your hair. Billy would never have looked at you twice. That's mean. He really said that? <sighs> Something like that. Ma, am I too young to have a bow? Norma, only if you think so. You have a good head on your shoulders. I think you can decide for yourself. I was 18 also when your father proposed. Billy, meanwhile, had finished working at a Model T Ford assembly line and went home to eat dinner with his family. Pa, after dinner, I have an exciting treat for the family. I heard a co-worker today mention that there's going to be a show on the radio. Yes, I saw it in the paper, a story by H.G. Wells. Uh, we'll have to turn it on as we put away dinner. It starts in a few minutes. Ma, would you pass the gravy, please? Yes. Thank you. Boy, this meal is good. My pleasure. The radio show's all right with me, but the younger children must go to bed first. I gather the show will be too frightening for them. I agree. Son, you've been courting Norma for how long now? Since June. And it's October now. Yes, sir. Hmm. 
she's a, a bit young, don't you think? No, sir. I suppose it's about time, then, to pop the question. Well, I suppose it's about time now to clean up the table. Uh, show's starting. <clears throat> uh, I'll sweep. Ma, Pa's well meaning and all, but I wish he would make sense sometimes. William Nathan McCullough. What on earth are you trying to say? What? I've got to put the children to bed. It's 8 o'clock. Somebody tune the radio to CBS. I'll get it! Ladies and gentlemen, the director of the Mercury Theater and star of the broadcast, Orson Welles. We now know that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's, yet as mortal as his own. We know now that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied. Oh, scrutinized. Perhaps what could this mean? As a man with a microscope might Billy, this isn't real, is it? I mean, it sounds real. Oh, don't be afraid. I'll protect you. Come on, really. No, Bess, it's not real. It's a show. Advertised in the newspaper. Read all about it. Oh. On this particular evening, October 30th, the Crosley service estimated that 32 million people were listening in on radios. We take you now to the Merlin Room in the Hotel Park Plaza in downtown New York, where you will be entertained by the music of Raymond Raquello and his orchestra. At my house, my younger brothers managed to be in bed, so Mother and I had decided to sit together and listen to the radio. Pa was dozing off in a chair with the newspaper falling out of his hands. Norma, why don't we darn socks as we listen? There's a basket by my bed where I've collected all the socks with holes. Could you get it, please? Yes, I'm... Hmm. Let's see. Ooh, that sounds nice. Something in the news. What is it? Listen, listen. It interrupted a musical performance. Listen. We are ready now to take you to the Princeton Observatory at Princeton, where Carl Phillips, our commentator, will interview Professor Richard Pearson. What is it, Mom? What did they say? Uh, it's, uh, well, listen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Carl Phillips speaking to you from the observatory at Princeton. Professor Pearson stands directly above me on a small platform. Well, there you have it. 
Nothing to worry about. We've been speaking to you from the observatory at Preston. This is Carl Phillips speaking. We are returning you now to our New York studio. Oh, my. What a scare. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Wait. the latest bulletin from They're the saying more. Radio News. It is reported that at 8.50 p.m., a huge flaming object, believed to be a meteorite, fell on a farm in the neighborhood of Grover's Mill, New Jersey, 22 miles from Trenton. Eventually, the story grew so wild and yet still so convincing that my mother and I were gripped with fear. We had simply turned on the radio to darn socks and listen to music. And now the news was delivering such a horrific story as we had never heard. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my aunt. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of Stonewall, and joined Mr. Wilma's garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. Mom, uh, do you think more of these things will fall from Mars? I don't know. Get out, Mr. Phillips. Get out. Please, please. No. Pa, could you call the police? See what they know about this. Right away. Sykes alive. What is that? Ma, it's Mrs. Jennings. What? No. Mrs. Jennings, are you okay? It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. But there's only one meteorite. No, it's Martians. Didn't you hear it? They say it's Martians. What was that flash of light? It's the end of the world. I think that was a camera flash. Ma, I'm calling Billy. All right. I'll get it. Hello? Billy, are you okay? Excuse me? It's on the radio. Horrible news. Things blasting the Earth from Mars. Martians. Oh, Billy, I'm scared. Oh, boy. Martians? You've got to be kidding me. It's on the radio. I hear it now, and it sounds so real. Mrs. Jennings across the street is hysterical. Mrs. Jennings? The lady who waters her roof every morning? That Mrs. Jennings? <sighs> yes, that lady. Oh, wait. When did you start listening to the radio? What time? I don't know. About half an hour or, or, or more of... Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> it's a show, Norma. It was advertised in the newspaper. Read all about it. It's a show? You mean it? I mean it. Unless you want to believe that Martians are really destroying the Earth. I mean, I don't want to shatter your dream world. <laughs> uh, nightmare world is more like it. A show. Shame on them for sounding so real. Shame on them. I appreciate it. I got to be a knight in shining armor for my girl. Boy, does that feel sweet. Oh, come on. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so strange how convincing it was. How quick I was to be convinced. I still don't like to go back and listen to that radio recording. It makes me feel sick inside. <laughs>
the next few days, newspaper headlines broadcasted the fact that I was not alone in my short-lived panic. Nor was Mrs. Jennings. Her picture was printed along with others on the front page of the daily newspaper with the caption, It's the end of the world. (laughs) Oh, dear. But now, we know now. That was We Know Now by Georgia Bell. Billy was played by Ryan Ledman. Billy's Ma was played by Bonnie Bogovich. Billy's Pa was played by Rich Green. Mrs. Jennings was played by D.L. Merlin. Younger Sister Bess was played by Bailey Bonick. Casting was by Connor Carlin. It was directed by Jacob Groth. And it was sound designed by Teresa Ambat. To hear more shows from The Merry Beggars at Relevant Radio, sign up at themerrybeggars.com. <laughs>